Hey. Hi. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of Uncle Eli's Enormous Craft Problem and um, Emotional Diary. Glad you're here. I'm glad I'm here. Uh, guess where I am? I'm driving in my car. Uh, heading south on 101, uh, just south of Santa Rosa, California. It's a beautiful winter day, low winter light, long shadows. Blue skies. Uh, it's 65 degrees out there. It's a warm day. It's a nice day. About 4.30 in the afternoon. Oh, I'm yawning as usual, driving and yawning. Uh, I'm going to teach a class about blowing glass tonight, and I'm going to show them how to use color glass. Remember my overlay podcast that episode? That was a great one. I think we teach about overlay. I might talk about. I might teach about print. Um. Frit, the crushed out glass. Not Frit strides back. My trees are about that too. So, listen, here you are. The reason you tuned in today, because you want to know about art galleries and art fairs and how to get into an art gallery and how to get an art gallery to take your art to an art fair. And you know what? I'm here to tell you how impossible that is. Because um, that's what you really want to know. A lot of people want to tell you like how to do it, how to approach a gallery, and how to get there. Oh, man, I've got some bad news for you. You know, the thing is, the market is so gall-dang saturated. Um, the galleries really have the upper hand. And that's the really tricky part, you know? That's the impossible part. There's a billion artists, and there's only a couple galleries. And they're oftentimes people with means. So they're financed. They don't need an artist. They don't need you. An artist, the only thing an artist needs is a fucking gallery to sell something. And it's near impossible to get a gallery to listen to you. You know, it's really, it's kind of in the biz, I think, really frowned upon to approach a gallery without, to just cold call a gallery, to approach them without any reason to approach a gallery. There's one thing I've noticed that a gallery hates, it's when an artist approaches them. Um, and so, especially at an art fair, or at an art opening, or um, there's a really great video on the internet about um, Jeffrey Deitch, Somebody, a nice gentleman, went to his went to like a Shepherd Ferry art opening. It's like the last opening of Jeffrey Deitch's gallery. It's like a big thing. This guy shows up, this really like kind of confused, big doofus dude, kind of like me, and shows up. And he's got his portfolio under his arm, and he goes to talk to Jeffrey Deitch. And not only is that like really annoying to Jeffrey Deitch, but he trips and falls, and he lands on him, and he like really like busts his lip. And there's this great video on the internet of them outside the gallery, and Jeffrey Deitch is just, this is the last fucking thing I need right now. 
And, you know, that's kind of the, the feeling that I get from galleries in general anytime I've approached them. This is the last fucking thing they need from me right now. Uh, maybe you have a different kind of art career and make a different kind of art and galleries love you. In which case, you're fine. You're doing great. Uh, but say perhaps you went to art school, you didn't go to art school, and you you have you make art, you have an art practice, and you want a, you want a gallery to represent you, to show you. Um, well, yeah, you want it to represent you. They're definitely not going to represent you, but maybe they're going to show your art. But the only way they're really going to show your art is if you... Um, just make art and don't talk to anybody and just hide in your room and make art and you're really weird but how fun is that i mean that sounds so crazy and depressing and hard because like what are you gonna do you just can't turn off the lights and make art um first of all you can't see and also you can't afford anything if you don't have anybody selling your art um so that sounds impossible uh you can't really email a gallery you can send them some stuff. I mean, I've done this, and I've had some really limited success with this. Um, I feel like my angle has always been to be a bit pushy. You go to galleries and approach them, talk to them, and they always deny me, and they're always pissed to hear from me. Uh, and I've, I've understood this to be really the wrong way to do it. Um, I think maybe the right way to find a gallery is find a friend that is starting a gallery that is broke doesn't have any money and like they got a tiny little hole in the wall like you're an artist you know some people that are starting a gallery maybe the artist artist the curator type um imagine them also in the future imagine what they're going to be like when they grow up like are they going to be smart people or are they just going to be drug addicts uh, find the smart one uh, and that person has a gallery and now you go be their friend, but like be a real friend. Don't be try to be their friend. Um, like do nice things, like make dinner and stuff, and like hang out. And then you show at their space, but it's like you're not represented. They're not really like, it's like a weird collective or something. And then you do that, and like do that sometimes, and like find some multiple of those people. Like you're gonna have to do this in a city, and you're gonna have to live in a city, which also sounds terrible. Um, and so you got to go talk to these people and go do that. And then in five or 10 years, like that space that they're doing in the collective thing, that's not going to work out. It's not going to survive. But they will get a job at a normal guy that has a lot of money. And then they will eventually have access to like an art show and curate things. But I mean, they're going to get a job in like five or 10 years. And then it's going to take another five or 10 or 20 years for them to like actually be able to have any like power at that gallery be able to show you um so if you have 20 years that's a pretty good plan um you can the important thing is to take pictures of your art all the time is always take pictures always document it and make as much as you can document it and the reality is if you're not making art obsessively and aggressively you shouldn't worry about having a gallery because it's not it's not for you. Um, you really do need to be the type of the person that is obsessively making. You can't really do anything but make. And 
it makes you upset when you do make and it makes you upset when you don't make and you're mostly just upset and you're having a hard time but you're making art then you're in the right place just keep doing that and you're going to be fine well actually you're not going to be fine you're going to be broke and confused and upset but a gallery will probably approach you eventually and be like, wow, it seems like you have a problem. We wonder if we could take advantage of you. Do you think we could have all of your art and then sell some of it and then not give it back to you and then not answer emails and steal your money? So that's also a good good possibility, a good option. I have so much work stranded in different corners of the world, different countries. If you don't sell work like it really fast and intensely with galleries like they don't really want to fuck with you like i've had so many like artists or certainly galleries that really want to show my work and they're really excited and they have one fucking show and they don't sell everything and then they just like they don't even have the respect to like be nice to me and, like send my work and be like it's not working like we're just gonna like do something different or like we didn't sell your work so we can't keep going but we liked it like they'll like pitch this whole thing on the way up to the show how much they like your work how much they like you how much they're excited about it and then if they don't sell then they just kind of become cold to you it's like a super like emotional like ghosting like really terrible relationship um of course then if like something happens and like you're selling and things are going good they're going to come back around to you but you can remember that but whatever, you can't like do anything because like you're desperate and you're an artist, so you're gonna like you're gonna take the bait again and you're gonna get hosed again. So get ready. Get your clothes off and get ready to get hosed. That's how it's gonna go. Um what about an art fair? How about art fairs? Do you like art fairs? Um an art fair is a convention center that is rented out by a company called an art fair. And that company then takes that whole last convention center, divides it up into little tiny booths, and then they work with unions to make those booths and to light those booths and to prepare that space for you as the art as the art gallery to come into that space and rent a tiny little space for a very short amount of time, like you know, three to five days, and then you because of the kind of union structure and the way that like those systems work like you're going to be working with their loading dock system and their people to manage your art your product that comes in uh, and you know it's really similar to any kind of convention center activity there's a front door that has a certain cost to get in there's ways around that with your vip ticket and your access tickets um, and then there's an aggressive amount of art in those, all those booths. Most of the time, the galleries will just have one set of art they show for the whole time. It's kind of a mini art show. But some galleries, like the really, like, when they're really pushing it or the really, like, cutting edge ones, will swap it out every day or they sell work and they'll swap it out. Oftentimes, they just leave it or they, like, have a little red dot. Or they're really fancy and they don't have a red dot so you can't tell what's sold and they don't tell you. Um, and so those spaces and then the, you know who gets which space is kind of determined by how many dollars you are willing to pay up front. Um, and then 
So that happens in places like Miami. There's a company called Art Basel that was started in, you guessed it, Basel, Switzerland. And um, then they went to Miami in the early 2000s and started this big humdinger of an art fair down there. And then they also have recently started one in Hong Kong. It's also enormous and quite a bit of a humdinger. Um, same, same, same all around us. The same people in the same booths and the same art and the same collectors, same artists. And it's, well, I guess I could say that it is quite depressing as an artist to go to these and see kind of the same convention center space in each space. Um, I'm sure there's a different clientele. I'm sure there's a different moment of the market in each of those places and what it accesses and what it creates, but it definitely feels really similar. Uh, there's a couple other in, uh, different cities, Fries and Fiac and Paris and Italy and London and, and New York and LA have their fairs also. Um, a lot of them at this point are related. They were kind of you know, companies that started and then they got bought out by the larger companies. Um, so there's fewer and fewer every year of the actual companies that own it. And really, the only people that really make money are the art fair company, the owners of the art fair who actually rent out the convention center and then they rent out all those little spaces. Those guys make money. And then there's three main galleries that make money. They make 85% of all of the sales of the art. And then everyone else is fighting over this tiny little amount. So mostly it's just a, a bit of a pyramid scheme where the main galleries who are already making money go there and make more money. And then everyone else gets to kind of be in the spotlight but not actually make money and just go to the party and spend a lot of money and think that this is the chance and that they made it to Art Basel and they made it to freeze and they're gonna this is gonna be the next big thing and then a couple more years of that they're tired of that and they stop doing that and then somebody else's turn to think that they're gonna make a big artists and galleries alike everyone gets their chance um so that's fun and exciting um and it's you know i've watched this in my little career uh when i started really showing in 2006 and um watch this grow from what was almost like you would have an art show in a city and then they would take some of your work from that art show to the art fairs and then you would get to have um it kind of you know your work would travel then and it would go on a little tour and you would have this art show at a gallery at a specific space and it would last for a month and then they would go and kind of pitch that work in a larger to a larger market and like it was like a sample of that show but then it kind of became like that was the art fair was the reason for the art like they want new work and that was like felt like really the push in like those mid 2000s um, was that like it's time for new work um, that's like a new thing in the art fair and there's no art show related. It's just art fair. Like no one's going to the art shows. They're only going to the art fairs now. And so, um, 
And then it just, and then it's like you have it only gets shown for a week and only in this one city, and your friends can't go see it, and it's not actually having an opening. It's just an art fair, and it's just for fancy people who can get in. And it's not, it's like super inaccessible, and it's all very elite and opaque, and just like feels even more depressing and confusing. Um, so that's sad, uh, and the. It, you know, there's also, of course, like the secondary market, the resale market is big there too. There's like this resale market and this like front market, but there's like not, it's not really about art. It doesn't feel like it's like impressive art. It's like flashy and like hot art. Um, and so it really is like hard. I've watched a lot of artists just really like not enjoy it and feel a lot of pain around it but i mean that's kind of the nature of being an artist it's like to feel pain around the market and the commercialization of your work like there's there's nothing you can do like that's the game you got into was to like support yourself off of like your commodified emotions and uh, and you have to be sad about that so um that's what those art fairs are. They exist in these like week long sessions and they've kind of become this thing where there's really just another art fair every month traveling around the world. Uh, and so you can have these little moments in different cities internationally each month or every couple months and have a thing happening and feel like it's really a thing. And of course there's like, there is real things happening. It can tap into the city's like real artness and it can be part of that. Um, but oftentimes it more just, uh, you know, turns it into the same thing that exists in every other city. And it kind of is like just more commodification and kind of, creating this bland, universal uh, art and idea. Maybe there's like a larger conversation that's happening and it's like bringing up the level of discourse and creating this like international discourse that's happening that's like larger and like it's happening from city to city and bigger artists. But it kind of like chokes out the little people and really puts on the big people and like gives the people with the money that can do that, that can go have a discourse in a different city every month. That to it really like uh, creates the opportunity for it. Which is great because those people like to have a discourse and they like to have um, their smart emotions and uh, go talk to each other in the cities. Uh, it's really wonderful. It's really like lots of great conversation and openings and people talking. And when it's when you're selling, it's great. It's really fun because it's like money. But you look around, it's like you're also spending a lot of fucking money doing it. And any money that you're going to make on those art sales is like all being spent on travel and hotels. And like, you know, maybe that's what you want to do with your time is to go to these cities and to be in these hotels during the art fairs. So maybe that is the right thing. Um, 
So are you going to get a gallery to take your work to an art fair? I don't know. I mean, can you get a gallery to show your work? Is that possible? Do galleries like even have art shows without an art fair like idea? I don't know. Uh, is it possible to get a gallery to show your work? Maybe. I don't know. Like, are you making paintings? Are they perfect? Are they enormous? Do you have a lot of money so that you can have a big studio and put up all your paintings on your walls and light it well? And then when your gallery takes those paintings, do you have already a client base? Uh, because then you really can and it'll do, you'll do great. And you could make some great art that way too. Um, I look forward to being your assistant. Um, it's totally a great path. Are you broke? Um, do you make art because you're emotional and you're confused and you're sad and all you can do is make art about it? Um, you know, perhaps you'll have a career if you make enough work, perhaps you'll have a career by the time you're 60 or maybe when you die, your work will posthumously be recognized and you'll really have a big moment and if you gift your work correctly to your children uh, maybe they can benefit in the future or if you somehow write a will that's correctly written the ownership of your work is still in the hands of your family maybe they can benefit somehow um, perhaps that's it um, so you need to take pictures of your art and you're going to need to keep some of it around if you can and really if you can make flat work and make paintings that's great it's hard to make paintings because paintings are hard to make and they're emotional and it's also I think sculpture is where like really the, you know the joy and the integrity is found. Um, and so if you're really going to make art, you're going to make big, crazy things, and it's going to be hard to do, and then that's going to be expensive. So you're going to want to take good pictures of those. And maybe you're going to want to have a website and things like that, but like maybe even that's like weird because then it just like feels like the same thing as like social media, and you're just like trying to toot your little horn. And, um, you know... It's kind of unclear about how much the galleries really want you to be tooting your horn. Uh, they might just like you to just be making paintings in your studio uh, with big tall ceilings, good lights, lots of money. But keep the money like hidden, but have hints to it. Um, that's always good. Maybe bring them over to your house, your nice house, but not too nice. Uh, and then they could understand that you have money and you have resources to support this system. Um, if you don't have that, it's hard, you know? And um, if you just are good at making art, it's going to be hard to be an artist. It's really going to be hard. Um, but what else are you going to do? Are you going to not make art? That's not possible either. So you're going to have to keep making art. Um, you're going to probably want to work as an artist assistant, an art handler, because 
maybe you know enough about art that that's um, that's what you got going for you. Because you know enough about art that you can make things and you can handle things. You can pick them up and you can carry them. Um, do you know about painting? Do you know about oil painting? That's a good one to know about. That's always helpful. Uh, people that make money like to oil paint. Um, do you know about metal or glass or wood? Uh, mold making? Those are good things to know about. Um, they don't make as much money, but they're good to know about. Uh, can you work long hours? Are you, do you generally have a good demeanor? Uh, do you like being around drug addicts, but you're not a drug addict? That's also bonus points there. Um, that will get you far. That's a good one. Um, you know, you really want to like, you got to like be near the spotlight, but like not right up in the spotlight. Because um, you want to like get that artist near. You want to be an assistant to that person that's in the spotlight. That's important. Because that person's going to need an assistant. Because they're making a lot of money with all the money that they've got. They're making money. So now that we've established that you know how to make things and you're willing to work crazy hours and you're going to have to go to a city, you really are, and it's probably going to have to be New York or L.A. And it probably should just be New York because it's still kind of the center of everything as much as we like to say it's not. And L.A.'s great, got lots of cool things going on, but um, New York still definitely runs the international art world. Um, so you're going to go there along with everybody else that's doing the exact same thing. Um, and then you're going to want to get a job uh, at one of these art institutions, perhaps as an art handler or perhaps as an artist assistant, if you're lucky. Maybe you can be that artist. Maybe you knew somebody you went to school with that has the money. And... Uh, then you could be their assistant. Were you friends with them? Were you nice to them? Maybe they would like to hire you now. Uh, and so then you could work for them. Or maybe you have some buddies that work in a gallery and you know them. Um, that's always a good idea. Maybe you got some friends. Did you call your friends? Um, meet some people and maybe you go to the gallery. But don't meet people at an art fair. They don't want that. And, you know, you could go to the opening. That's a good idea. But don't meet the gallery owner. They don't want to meet you. They don't care. But um, maybe even meet the collectors, but only if they like to party and you like to party and it seems like a cool party. That's always a good idea. And then leave before things get crazy. We should go home early. Don't do too many drugs. Uh, because that's really fun, but it will just get in your way. And if you can stop smoking cigarettes, just stop smoking cigarettes and don't vape because that's only going to get in your way too. But everybody cool does it, so you're probably going to have to do it anyways. Uh, it's probably important. So now that we've established that, what you're going to be up to, uh, now you want to... Make some art, but don't make it too big. Um, at least you got a bunch of money. But if you're going to make it small, make sure it's like really detailed and really nice, you know? And 
get a good story going about it, get a good theme going about it, uh, you know, whether it's object or color or medium-based. Uh, but don't be too medium-based, especially if it's glass. Don't focus on glass. That will never work out. Uh, that is not a good idea. Um, and take some pictures, document it, because you really just need to store these documents and store these ideas. You also need to write about this stuff. You need to write a lot. You need to write and write and write and write. Um, you need to print out those writings, and you need to turn it into a book, and you need to make people read it, and then they're going to be sad that you keep giving them books. But just ignore them. Most of the time, people are just going to be bummed about what you're doing. So just ignore them. Don't worry about it. It's that's the deal, you know. You've got to like be all up in your face and everyone's face about what you're doing. Uh, and keep doing it. Do you like to write graffiti on walls? You should probably do that. Except be careful about that because you can go to jail. Um, but also, it's important to do that and destroying things and breaking things and setting fire to things and all that is really important and really dangerous and really illegal. So also be careful of that because it can be very detrimental uh, to you and your career and your growth as an artist and it's going to cost your parents money when you go to jail and have to bail you out. Um, or you're just going to go to jail for a while and you're going to hang out in jail. Which is also cool and great for your art career and probably in the long term is the right choice. Um, and then also, if you're writing graffiti and you're really smart about it, um, you're going to meet the smart graffiti people that like to like graffiti and you're going to become buddies with them. And, you know, that's where also the real artists are, the real maniacs, the ones that are really, like, can't stop from making things, can't stop from painting their name on a wall. Well, those are the artists, and those are the real artists, especially of our generation. I mean, wow, the best of the best are the ones who are obsessively writing their names on the walls. But if you're using spray paint, remember to wear a uh, face mask. Wear a good ventilation because that shit will give you the nerve damage and it'll really fuck up your whole body and system. Make you pee the bed in the night. And you don't want to do that. So, And you don't want to get caught for that shit. So understand what you're doing and figure out ways to do it so not get caught or not get too caught for it. And... Um, Keep your nose clean. Don't do drugs while you do it so that you can get away with it. And don't try to do it in the right way so that you're like putting it on the right property. Like, don't put it on the car dealership. Like, don't like put it on the open business. And like, keep it a little on the DL. And like, you know, and occasionally go for that blockbuster spot. But try to like, you know, focus on the aesthetics and like find the right people doing it in the right way and the right parties and like figure out the whole ass system figure out how to not be rude to other graffiti artists so that you can like be part of that name writing scene but um, not get yourself in trouble with the other graffiti writers because graffiti writers really do like to punch each other in the head and you don't want to get punched in the head either 
And you don't want to punch anybody in the head. Don't punch people in the head for art. It's not worth it. It's really not. Um, you can make fun of them. You can write their name backwards. You can draw a silly picture of them. You don't need to punch them in the head. Don't do that. Um, if you're going that route, you're definitely going to take a long time. No gallery is going to want to fuck with you for a long time. They're going to think you're a terrible person. And then eventually they're going to think that you're the hottest, coolest thing, and they're really going to want to talk to you, and they're going to want to put you on. And it's going to be great in like 60 years. So just keep at it for a really long time. And that's a great way to do it. Make little zines about it, and do punk rock shows, and chuck rocks and things. That's a good way to do it, too. Chucking rocks is important. Um, Chucking rocks and writing your name on it. So... You got yourself a little art studio. You figured out somehow some way to afford it. Maybe you got a job at a restaurant. Maybe you get a job blowing glass. And you're trying to make art all the time. Just all the time you're making art. You just make it. Because what else are you going to do? Not make art? So you're making art. You're thinking about it. You're writing about it. You're drawing pictures about it. You're doing things. Uh you're just you're doing it and that's the important part Um, and not looking up trying to stay steady on it because the longer you could wait to get to the place where you really need the gallery and you want the gallery and you need to go to the art fair and you need your work to sell like the longer you could wait and the more you could develop your body of work and the more you have art sitting around and the more you can like have conversations with other artists and have your art exist around you the better the longer you can wait the better um and so just keep kind of trying to um make art think about making art have an art emotion because you've already established that you're like you have a problem that you have to make this stuff, and like maybe you had to make graffiti for a while. Maybe you started to like wanted to stop making yourself accessible to the state as an asset. That's important too. It's helpful to not do that to yourself. Um, and maybe you got over being so destructive, but still there's an impulse there. Um, to continue to make and distract and self-distract and distract your space. Uh, but maybe you have just enough sanity and enough structure to like get into the studio and just make some things and not break them all and you can take pictures of them and maybe you can even catalog them in some way. Maybe you have like a computer and you can put your pictures on a computer and you can label those files and Act like it's like you're the archivist for yourself because you are and ain't nobody else going to do it. And continue to do that. Continue to archive yourself and continue to be aware of yourself and the people around you because it's you and the people around you that are going to do the thing that you're talking about and that you want to do. And it's going to come in weird ways and weird waves and the friendships that you actually build and the trust that you 
actually build with people and those real friendships are actually important. Uh, and that's that's where the real art is. It's in the communities, in those friendships, and in the real like conversations. And maybe somewhere in there, there's a person that is going to work at a gallery that you're going to be buddies with. But maybe it's just going to be artists. And maybe you're just going to realize you just want to be an artist because being an artist is fun to be an artist. And it's fun to exist in that way and around art people and to have that kind of weird art life. And then maybe if you give up on everything, you give up on all that, then maybe that's where you'll find that path. And maybe that's where it is. It's like within this destruction of the ego and a kind of realignment of the self that you'll find um, the true power of art and yourself and why you even set out to make art in the first place. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe. So um, now we're making art, and now you don't even care about art fair because art fair is just a trick. They're just trying to trick you. Um, and then an art gallery. I mean, most of the art galleries are just tricks, anyways. They're just trying to trick you. But it's your only way to show. So keep being nice to those people and. Keep them in your thoughts. Um, keep sending them art. Send them as much art as possible. Anytime they ask for art, send them a lot of art. And make sure they have a bunch of your art um, internationally, you know. Send art to Japan, to Belgium, uh, Italy. Man, I got my, like, one of my favorite shows ever is Trapped with this crazy art collector and super rich, mean guy. Belgium. I can't even like get am I just like it's trapped. It's forever trapped. And he sold so many things, but then I wanted my art back because he stopped selling it and he was being all crazy on drugs. And I was like, just give him my art back. And then he got really mad at me. Holy shit. So, you know, sometimes you just can't even care about that stuff. So I had to just in my mind release all that work um, and undo it from myself emotionally. Um, I've put so much emotion into so many arts and then I've had to just like let that go thinking that like that was an important thing to do was to like put all of my emotion into art and then I did and I sent it to places and then it like lives in some crazy box like on the other side of the world and then like there's some like really emotional rich person that like is holding a hostage like what am I going to do like continue to have an emotion about it it's not possible uh, so you know there's no real good way around that stuff because you can also hide it in your studio and it won't go anywhere so I feel just blessed and lucky to have like be able to show my art and be able to like have had so many art shows and have all this experience with all these different galleries and these collectors, go to all these art fairs and like know all this stuff to be able to even talk about it, understand it, think about it. Um, it's not... It's not what most people like me got with their weird art. 
most people like me that I know that were the weirdos either burnt out quick, had drug problems, had emotional problems, just quit making art because it was too fucking hard. And like somehow I threaded the needle and just got lucky enough to like just to be able to just stay in the art world as an artist assistant and to like continue to be able to like make a little art on the side for myself and to continue to make art for others and to learn how to make so many different things and then to be able to get employed as a maker of things and a worker in those industries. Uh, I feel really super lucky uh, to be able to like explain this in like such a hilarious and jaded way to you. Um, so, you know, thanks for listening. Um, I'm sure there's like a billion more things that I can explain to you about uh, or a billion more ways I could be jaded and hilarious about uh, art emotions. But um, I think we've got somewhere with this one. I think I explained to you how to get an art gallery. You can't. How to go to an art fair. Don't. And why you should make art because you can't do anything else. So, um, good luck. Thanks for listening. I love you a lot. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay, this is the end of the message. Bye for now.